Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who has reached out to me, uh, showing their support of the podcast, whether in person, through text message, through Instagram, whatever it may be. It's really exciting to know that people enjoy listening to this, whether it's my solo rants or even my first guest episode with David Butler from a few months back. Again, thank you to everybody who has reached out and who continues to listen. Make sure you share with a friend, share it to your story. I really appreciate any support, and it definitely goes a long way. Today's episode with Rhea McKenzie. She is an incredible human all the way around. She is a photographer, an empowerment coach, and again, just a an amazing human. We get into how she started with photography and a lot of the background stuff too that so often you don't hear or see, whether that's how to balance a work and family life as a business owner or an entrepreneur, how you keep your mental health in check, and just simple routines that can help you be more self-aware and mindful through this process. It was great to sit down with Rhea, learn a little bit more about her because We've only known each other less than two years when we met at a wedding where she was the photographer and I was the videographer. It was great to work alongside her during that process, but there was definitely more that I was interested in learning about her, both in business and in life in general. So I won't keep you from the interview any longer. Last thing to note is that I am in the process of building out a podcast studio, which is incredibly exciting. So we'll get to more on that later. But if you're interested in seeing more and the progress on that, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Aaron Mello underscore. So for now, here is the interview with Rhea McKenzie. I don't, you know, it, it's always hard to figure out where we start. I don't like to put titles on people. I know you as a, certainly a photographer, a wedding photographer. When we met, um, we met a year and a half ago for uh, a wedding that we ended up working together. Do you remember? I loved meeting you because I had heard so much about you from our mutual friend, Sarah. And she kept saying, you need to meet Aaron. He lives down the street from you. And then we met like in Rehoboth randomly at, in someone's house. I guess, you know, to give it to you to start, just tell me who you or tell us who you are, what you do, kind of the the overview, um, because I don't want to shine too much light over what you're going to say. And then I want to follow that up with something as well. Okay. So introduce yourself and what you do. You want my labels? Yeah. Give me all your labels <laughs> and your titles, label your, your, myself. your important so things. I am. Do I start with my name? Of course. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm, we're on an elevator together. Take it away. I'm Rhea McKenzie. And I am a boudoir and empowerment photographer. Um, And I provide transformational photo experiences for humans that want to feel more liberated in their bodies and more their authentic selves. And we do this through creative portraits in a studio and sometimes outside of the studio. But my studio is in Walpole. Um, And I live in Middleborough. So really the benefit of being a photographer and small business owner is that you are not like limited really to any location you can go anywhere it's so great yeah it's, our it's, jobs are awesome it's nice <laughs> having the ability to do that because you just pack a bag and you can go yeah so I, I, to follow that up you know i i know you want I, I want to get into the empowerment thing for uh for my own curiosity yeah um so i think i knew you you know as as living in the same area and 
Because you did a lot of work in Taunton before, I feel like, where, um, you know, with like senior portraits. Yeah. I feel like when I was in high school and even after, um, the name just kind of resonated through, you know, senior portraits. And, and as I got more into photography, it was Rhea McKenzie, Rhea McKenzie. Tell me a little bit about where, actually, let's go back a little bit further. Where did you even start with a camera? How did you start with a camera? So I was like the photographer in my group of friends that just always had a nice camera. And I think I got it when I worked at Best Buy. <laughs> you worked at Best Buy? I worked at Best Buy in college. Okay. So this Which was one? like the one at the Landmark Center. I like helped open it. That's awesome. I was not a good employee. Why? I was in college and not interested in any of the technology. I basically wanted to like just do my homework and like make money. Um, but yeah, I worked in the home theater department. <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> Had no idea. Really excited and now. I would trickle myself over to the cameras and like ask about them. And then I found one like an open, you know, the open box specials, the oh, Best yeah. Buy. So that's how I got my first camera. And what then was it? what was it? I don't remember because I'm not like a technological person still. Okay. Like I can't remember models and makes. I probably still have it, but it was film. It was oh, not okay. a DSLR. So I was just taking pictures of my friends like i would always make my friends a subject mm -hmm. even in high school with like a digital camera or whatever i had back then film disposable cameras <laughs> i that's uh, what it was side note we still use disposable cameras when we go on like hiking trips and that's stuff that's awesome and then so we, have, we have one from last february that we bought at target it was like 15 bucks and we <gasps> haven't developed yet we took a bunch of pictures. I said, let's just put it in the drawer. I think and we'll I get it developed in like too. a year or two. It's hard to find people that develop them. You have to go to a hunt. And it's not cheap either. No. And, then, and it's, there's always the thing with film where a lot of the photos might not be good. So it's no. like, I just paid $35 <laughs> for like six but photos. It's this such is, a fun surprise fun. from what you get. So yeah, I was always like the one in college and in high school, just like doing fun photo shoots with people. Be like, oh my God, you should be like a fairy. And like, I don't know. <laughs> just these wild Where ideas. Yeah. Cat? And I don't know. It's so, the excitement of having that new medium, though. Yeah. I think you. it's kind of like sales where you start with your friends and family. Yeah. Let me take your picture. But and, I wasn't making any money. I was just yeah. like literally just doing these things for fun. Like this is how I played was with my camera. Like when I was a kid up until when I got like a film camera in college, like I would just play. It'd be like, let's do a photo shoot. I'm like, OK, That's what so do you want fun. me to wear? I'm like, I want you to go under that plant and wear this. I don't know. So people would listen to me though, so really messed well, it's, up. It's, so they're like <laughs> giving me, they're just like boosting my ego even more because they're like, okay, yeah, of course I'll dress up. Oh my God, that sounds fun. Let's do it. And then all of a sudden I was the friend that was like asked to take pictures of their family and then take pictures of, um, you know, when my best friend wanted to get into modeling, like I was taking her headshots and pictures like all around Jamaica Plain, just on a brick wall by the pond just anywhere. on the train tracks did you do on the train, I did tracks, some train the... tracks i think i think train tracks um was like 2010 ish mm. right that was like the train track generation i don't i don't know because i think i i got into photos very early and i think i was always just drawn to train tracks yeah. so i think i'm i'm way back with with train tracks but remember... it was just for fun so yeah. i just remember first starting and like then when I was, when I had a baby, so when I had my first child, Landon, 13 years ago, I'm like, okay, what am I doing with my life? I was in sales before and I didn't want to go back because I was so burnt out. I'm like, people were just asking me to take their photos. Like, will you take a picture 
pictures of my sister's wedding will you take pictures of my family will you take pictures of my baby so it just like fell into my lap but i remember like looking up photos and just train tracks were it <laughs> like even children on train tracks so yeah. like, let's put a child on a vintage box and then take their pictures by a train track yeah absolutely it just looks nice <laughs> so right safe. leading lines Rio. <laughs> So I guess to, to give a little bit of a timeline then for my own uh, understanding. So you were working at Best Buy when like, dog bone. So you were working at Best Buy mid 2000s then? That was, let me see, it was 2000, whenever it opened at the Landmark Center. Let me see, 2002, 2003. I would say 2003. So then you had just mentioned 2010 when you were kind of, starting to figure out what you were going to do. Yeah, like had a baby. <laughs> yeah, had a baby. Now what do had I do baby, with my life? Then I was like, I want to be with my baby. Like, I don't want, I had this thing where I'm like, if I can be with my child and figure out what to do for work, but like also how to be with my kids while they're little, like I'm going to figure it out. And um, literally photography just like, it honestly just kept falling, falling into my lap. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like, legitimately open a business and if it doesn't work out in a year then like i'll just find something else but like people just kept asking so i just kept doing did you in at that point did you enjoy it i loved it but i didn't think that i could make a career out of it when did you really start to go maybe this is something that i can do and, and support my family um after like that year like oh people well i was really enjoying it and thankful thankfully for like the internet boom of photographers i was able to see it was possible mm. so i jumped like right into family photography and weddings was this in about 2010 11 then yeah so 2010 2011 so instagram was still pretty much in its infancy yeah i didn't i think really it was like instagram. 2009 was... or 10 when did when did that start to fall into instagram yeah start Ooh. to fall into kind of your i remember flow. trying boudoir in like 2011 i did Boudoir minis, because that's usually what people do when they first start off. They're like, oh, I'll just do like a series somewhere. Mm -hmm. Everyone will just take their clothes off. <laughs> it's going to be so take awesome. Take your clothes off. Let me photograph it. <laughs> so awesome. We're going to do it for an hour, and then you're out. Things you can do as a woman photographer, not as a oh man photographer. Yes. I, I don't know. No, male, males can do boudoir. Um, but it, again, it was like people that knew me and trusted me. Those were like my first clients. And oh. what were we talking about? Um, people taking their clothes off. <laughs> For photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first time I did boudoir, I l absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, I can only do these as a mini session because, like, this is all the hype. And I didn't have a studio. So, like, that's how I ran it. And I used to do it at my friend Missy Salon at Revolutions. That was, like, my first boudoir mini. And I think, like, Sarah and her friend Brooke were my models. They're like, we'll model, we'll do this. And it was just, like, a free for all, definitely, absolutely not the experience that I offer today. <laughs> like, oh, I can absolutely imagine. So not. that's got to be a good point where you look back and go, "Wow, this has changed drastically." It has changed so much. Like it's so much deeper and more gratifying. And like, literally, women get to have a day to themselves where they can just relax and be creative and have fun and play at a photo shoot and like look at themselves as amazing, gorgeous women that they don't get to see. Like they haven't seen at all or they are just getting to know themselves like in that way but it's almost like this punch in the face like oh my god i am this beautiful and i can't believe i've been 
thinking all these things about myself up until this point like I deserve to feel gorgeous I deserve to love myself I deserve to see myself in this amazing way because a lot of people just don't and even for men I've seen yeah I had seen you post about that before and I want I want to get into that more but I guess instead of instead of going right into that so far um I guess, you know, because I met you as a wedding photographer, you know, where, so you had mentioned the transition from, you know, just kind of easily taking friends pictures to then people saying, well, can you shoot my family photos? And then, you know, what did you experience when you were asked to do your first wedding and then actually shoot your first wedding? How did that God, come about? It's going to come uncovered. I had no training getting into weddings. <laughs> Same. It's fine. Like didn't even second shoot for anyone. It was just like, Please do my wedding. I I trust you. Was and I honestly, yeah, people that I knew would ask me to do their wedding. Um, and it was like my friends, friends, or um, because they saw that I was a photographer on Facebook, they would just ask me. Um, and I did not have any idea like what I was doing. Like I did not know how to provide an amazing wedding experience for my clients. All I knew was how to like keep them happy and how to like bring my energy into the space like for that day and just be like how can I help you let me take your photos and I honestly still believe to this day that like an amazing photographer is going to like be an energetic match for people and because that's all I was before like technically I sucked I had to really edit my photos like all I knew going into it was how to use photoshop like I did not know how to use lightroom I just knew how to use photoshop because I was almost a graphic design minor in college. There's another side note, I, mean, I guess, that we can get into. <laughs> Love that Photoshop. <clears throat> so that works well with what I know mm -hmm. the first time that I met you. So that Patrick, was years afterwards. Well, yeah, it is. No, but I'm just What's saying because, you know, meeting you for the first time at Patrick and Melissa's wedding, again, I had heard about you. <laughs> Willow, I cannot Willow. have this. You might need to go upstairs. It's so annoying. Come here. No, but I mean, so getting to meet you at Patrick and Melissa's really started to show me, you know, who you were first. You know, okay, you're shooting that wedding. You're the photographer, right? But your energy, your your just ease of the day could be felt on my end doing the video, which is so important for the client as well. So I can I can only imagine what they were feeling the day of. You seem to just, you know, vibe with them so well, which then made it easier for us to work together because you work with other videographers or photographers during a wedding who you've never met before. And, and sometimes it can be hell. You're like, get out of my way. We're not we're just bouncing <laughs> we off of each, like other. each other. Secretly. Yeah, like, this isn't working. But in front of the client, we're like, we're best friends. Yeah, we're best friends. <laughs> we can't wait to do another wedding and then we can't wait to leave. So you know, I think that was in, in a there was a great first impression of you and then seeing it carried throughout the day just it showed me that there is the experience that clients need to have it's yes it's great photos but you need to just really have that experience and you're so much more than a photographer on a wedding day you're telling people where to be you're telling people what they need to do this family member that family member there's a lot of almost wedding coordination that comes in with it too and you just seem to handle that all seamlessly so you know again it was a good first impression and i was also meeting you on the tail end of getting out of weddings yeah. so it was an interesting kind of crossroads same here 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we met hey, each we're other. Both when here, we're exiting but we're not going to be doing industry. this anymore. <laughs> so, you know, what kind of what what led to your? Well, actually, let's go back. So, you did the first wedding. So, you did that first wedding, and it was oh, in two thousand. I think it was two thousand ten. I feel like it was two thousand ten. I just remember like looking in the back of my camera and being like, "Why is everyone blue?" Because I didn't even know how to change white balance. I just knew how to like direct people and which is important a lot of good photographers don't know how to direct literally looking back i'm like i'm gonna bring you the best energy and i'm gonna direct you to like where i want you to be composition wise Mm -hmm. but that was really (laughs) you're you're a good hype woman what's f-stop how do we use a flash (laughs) thank god for the internet so yeah looking back i was so clueless but i was just like confident and like this is going to be so fun like i always just looked at it like this is going to be so fun i'm going to give them pictures they're always going to remember this like i just want to make you happy with pictures and And were they they were they were happy did you get paid for this yes okay so there there were were... some there were some weddings where i like you know because i was renting my equipment i don't even know what i got paid negative something Mm. and were you happy with any of that work for yourself to then show to maybe I was at the clients. time looking back. I'm like, do not, do not show those pictures on the internet. Do not say happy anniversary. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is where I should turn this into a video and just show them on the screen now. You know, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. right? Like oh, you're absolutely. like so scared when that person has an anniversary, they're gonna tag. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Can we remove the tag from this one? I, I'm, so, I'm just to, not doing I weddings anymore. Tags. I'm like, no, 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 please <laughs> do not, do not make people remember my work that I did not like. But they still like it because. Photos are tied to an emotion. And that's the thing, right, where we put a lot of weight on ourselves as the artist to go, these need to look beautiful for us, whereas we're not always thinking about the other side of, these are memories that they're going to have forever. They need to love them for what they are, not necessarily the artistry of them. Yes, I can totally remember first starting off, and I, because I've worked with other companies in the wedding, well, other people in the wedding industry, you can see it with artists when they can't let go of the artistic side of the wedding when, and their client does not give a shit. And they're like, we just want to have fun. Just take and the photo. Yeah, just take the photo. We want to have fun. And then I can see that artist being like, but, uh, uh, and sometimes the client's like, no, I love your creative work. Like, tell me where to go. But sometimes the clients are like, no, I'm done. Absolutely. absolutely. We just have this one more shot. Look at this light over here. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, we want to just go be with our guests. Yeah. So it's funny. So then how did that balloon from, you know, doing your first wedding and then you being able to kind of make, well, not kind of, being able to go, I'm going to make this a career. I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to sustain myself and my family on this. I... I don't know. I just really loved it. So I'm like, I want more of it. When I like something that much, I'm like, no, I want more of this. Um, but I was doing it all. So I definitely back then was just a yes person. So I would just say yes to everything. Like they didn't have to be a client that I matched with, which obviously does not end well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we were just talking about I was off just, podcast. Like this was me being a people pleaser way back in the day. It was like, I would just say yes to everything. Like my weekends were gone. Like I, I think I did like 80 families one year for like not much money. And I looked at it and it's like, 
really hard to look at, right? Because then I'm like, oh, I did this job because I wanted to be with my kids as much as possible. But now I'm just saying yes to everyone. So now I'm like handing off my kids. Like my husband comes home and I'm like, here, got to go to a shoot on the weekends. Here, got to go to a shoot. And it just wasn't sustainable. And it was a whole process of like learning my own self-worth. So there was probably about 11 years of you just kind of, for lack of better terms, just grinding it out of numbers, right? Where you're just doing session after session and wedding and just not saying no to anybody. And that's quite a long time to do that, right? Where, you know, I was, or I am doing weddings. This is going to be my sixth and last season. You were doing it for 11 plus years? No, not 11. I would say I would. I did it for, I think like 2018 was like my my breaking point where okay. I'm like, I have to, actually, I'm going to take that back. My breaking point was having a second child. <laughs> Sorry. Which was 2013 because I knew that I was so burnt out from 2010 to 2013, just like grinding out and saying yes to everything. I'm like, okay, now I have two kids. Like, I cannot be editing every single night and expect to be like, like have the energy to mother my kids and do all these fun things with them as toddlers. So I literally remember like editing weddings up until I gave birth. Like I remember editing a wedding when I was going into labor, just like, just let me just get this done. And then I remember like nursing my second child and editing weddings still. And I'm like, this is not fun. Like, I am not even paying attention to you. Like, this is not going to be, I cannot edit this many weddings. I think the editing process for me, like, I was never taught, like, a sustainable workflow for weddings and what to do and whatnot. And that's when I met um, my friend Angela, who needed a second shooter and was opening up another company. And I second shot for her and associate shot for her. And it was unbelievable because I'm just showing up for that day. And just giving her the photos afterwards. Didn't even have to talk to the clients ahead of time. And it was so easy for me. It literally was like me showing up to do what I love and then leaving. And we just talked about that too before we started recording. And I think that's such a huge part that we're both experiencing right now where a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes stuff. You know, other people in our industry might understand, but you know, to the, to the normal person, so to speak, you don't you don't think about all the emails, all the calls, all the FaceTimes, the Zooms, the constant back and forth that you have all with the these clients. Doubt you go through as an artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and not saying no, and yeah. your inability to say no makes it much more difficult because then you do have the clients that you just don't match with. Yes, and they are the ones, especially who are making you have that self doubt arise because they're not offering any feedback or they're not excited as you are or just all of these things that can lead you to go wow, maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought I was, but, but why am I letting this client determine that? So you and I have spoke about that before, which was important. You know, how did you handle that? So, you know, you're starting to feel that burnout upon having your second child. You're, you're three years into this, this wedding industry thing. How do you handle that going forward then? You know, you're realizing that you're editing while you're nursing and you're not spending as much time with your kids as you wanted to. Yeah. But, what what happens then? So I just learned to say no. And then I also, because I was so busy, like there's no time to market. There's no time to do the back end things to like attract all the clients coming in. And then I just had this amazing friend that I met that was like, hey, do you want an associate shoot for me? Like, 
I really want to start my own company. And I really think that you'd be great at associate shooting. And you don't have to prepare the client, talk to the client, do anything afterwards, just show up, shoot. I'll give you the timeline. And then you send me over the photos. And it's, it was like a dream come true. Cause I'm like, I'm doing what I love and I can just relax when, you know, the next day or weeks afterwards, like my editing process was not on lockdown. <laughs> so you could just spend, you know, 50 hours editing a wedding because yes, you're just going and I back had no and forth. Idea. And it, like, if you counted, I, I was probably spending like 50 hours because I'm like editing every single photo. It wasn't until like I learned Lightroom. I'm like, whoa, this is a game changer. It's just coming. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of when I made the transition from Photoshop to Lightroom because yeah. it was a lot later than I think a oh lot of gosh. people. Oh my gosh, I was opening up every file. Yeah, in Photoshop, that gets like a lot. what was I thinking? There's no consistency either because you no. can't like control paste this preset, control paste how no. this last one looked, and it's just it was like, a game changer. There's lot. still game changers in technology where I'm like, oh, thank God, like thank goodness for the internet and technology for that reason because it is making our jobs as artists easier. Um, and it helps us like have the photos that we artistically want for a lot less time. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to, and, and that's the whole, the whole reason that I would like to think the, the umbrella reason that you and I are in a, a, a position that we are of owning our own businesses is because we wanted the freedom to do more of what we wanted with our families. And I think we get lost a lot in that sometimes where work 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 we got to sustain our families though too so we have yeah. to work 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 it's a tough balance it's a very fine line and you know you'll have your ups and downs i'm sure yeah because where... there's going to be moments and it, you just have to accept it there's going to be moments where you are making a lot of money as an artist and you're just not seeing your family as much and you're slacking on dinner time with them or whatnot but and then there's other moments where i'm completely present with my family and my business is just kind of at the back burner and I've accepted that what I'm working on now is developing systems to keep things going while I am being present with my family um which is so helpful because I don't have to fear that like if I'm setting up the systems for bookings and for posting and everything else then I don't have to like fear that it's not going to come when I'm with my family which is so tough because as artists and entrepreneurs, we feel like if we don't produce and we don't work in our business, then we're not going to make money. And that's a really scary reality for a lot of us. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm dealing with now is is having such a split of ages between my two kids yeah. <clears throat> where, you know, one is very reliant on me for everything because he's two. You know, whereas the other one is pretty self-reliant where he's 15. So I have a very weird crossroads of my kids. But, you know, there's still no matter what on weekends that I don't have anything booked or we're just hanging around the house. There's that constant need for me to feel like I, I'm, I'm still working because I need to fill the funnel, whether that's editing photos to post, you know, later that week or booking um a client that messaged me three days ago or whatever it may be i'm letting it fall apart because i'm like well i have to be present too but oh i feel like i need to do some marketing or i need to do this yeah, or i need to write so down tough. some of my notes so it's a i'm going through that right now and i feel like it's a perpetual thing but i'm mindful of it 
So I'm yeah. trying to that's attack it. That's good that you're it. fully aware. Like, I'm fully that's the aware. First, that's the first step in the process <laughs> yeah, is to be aware, right? <laughs> it's tough. So I'll, you know, I'll have these nights where it's just like scribble down a bunch of things and I'll give myself a laundry list of things to do. And then I do it and I go, okay, great. Now I can be more present with my kids. And then it's like, but wait a second, I forgot to do X, Y, Z. So, so it's addicting. Just, it's, Work is so addicting when you love it. It's weird, right? <laughs> and there's always something to do, like no matter what. It's just learning boundaries on when to stop. Like it's okay that all of this isn't going to be done. It'll get done at some point. What's important must have gotten done. And now I'm moving on. But I feel you on the laundry list of things to do and feeling like it has to be complete in order to be like successful in your business. Well, it makes you feel accomplished yeah. too. When you can physically check something off that you've written down, because I like to use pen and paper, it, it makes you feel accomplished. It does. You can start striking a things. Of dopamine. Like, yeah, yes, it really is. It's yes, like going on Instagram and being like, oh, look, I got likes. It's like, no, yes. I crossed off my to-do list. <laughs> I'm the same way. So was there a point at any time, uh, you know, kind of just putting a real big area on this from 2013, then when you're realizing that you're, you're kind of burning yourself out, mm-hmm. you're not working efficiently to then 2018 that you mentioned and, and you and I had met in 2021. So somewhat recently, yeah. was there a time, any point there where you may have second guessed photography as a whole? Um. Oh yeah. I go through this maybe like once a year. I'm like, I'm just going to quit and do this instead. Do you know why? Because I feel like being an entrepreneur is so hard, especially when you haven't built your business up enough to like hire the help. Right. So a lot of times it just feels so hard. I'm like, I would rather do something else where I just go in and I make my money and I come home and I'm done work and I don't have to think of it. I will think about this like in my lowest of low moments in business. <laughs> Not lowest of low, but you know, there's highs and lows. You're always going to experience them. But when I'm feeling low, I'm like, I'm just going to quit. And you know what? I might even wait some tables. Because that seems really fun right now <laughs> to service people and make them happy. Like it'd be like such an easy way. And we've all been in that the cert like you're from the service industry, right? Like I was I think that's so much easier now than dealing with my business, which, you know, that has its own ups and downs too. But it's not to say that like being in the service industry is so so easy because it's not, but in my head, I'm like, I would just like to escape and do something really like do something less challenging for my brain than to think of all the things I need to accomplish in business because it's not just about the client and art it's like how am I going to run a financially sustainable business to keep going and be happy and feel at ease and or else it's a hobby like we're not we're if we're not making the numbers and providing for our family like this is just a really fun hobby yeah yeah it's i think one of the things that makes say the service industry desirable in Mm -hmm. our point of view is because you have a set start time you have a start end time yeah and when you're not there you you shouldn't have to worry about it unless you're going home and like you know, waiting on your family. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, then you have family to feed at home. All so the you're, you're still listening to this. They're like, F you guys. You <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about easy? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Well, see, no, no job is. Yeah. I don't know. There's going to be, it's, I guess it's all our perception, right? Like it's only going to be as easy as we perceive it to be because I think that in my money mindset journey, money was always like, this is hard to make. Like, it's so hard to make it as an artist. And I would like 
tell myself this. So then what did it feel like? It felt really fucking hard Mm -hmm. because that's the the perception and story I kept telling myself over and over again. And then I would also meet people like earlier on in my career that was just like, I mean, you can't, photography is not a career. Like Mm -hmm. this is just like a hobby you make money off of. Like I, I did have someone be like, you can't, you can't make money off photography. But then immediate, I had already met my friend Angela, so I was like, actually, <laughs> my friend makes over six figures. Da, 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 like, like went but thank goodness that we are with, like, you surround yourself with all of these. Here comes Willow. Artists. I know she's super squeaky, annoying. Squeaky, she knows squeaky. <laughs> a lot of editing you have to do Aaron all because of my dog <laughs> no I mean at this point there's there, there comes a point where I just go you know what this is what was happening so yeah. everybody else gets to enjoy it this as well is my you, get dog, to, Willow. you get to be in the moment all of the clicking you hear yeah yeah she's been she's been around with us that's fine um so yeah it was so great to be in a network of successful photographers that were like doing their thing otherwise I probably would have quit a while ago because I probably would have told myself the story like oh no no one's gonna make it doing this so I better stop well this brings me to a point too where you know you and I have been trying to do this for a couple months now and you know of course looking at your socials and if you don't mind me kind of reading back something that you had written um this was in January where you know everybody kind of has that perspective it's beginning of the year, looking back on my last year, how things worked, how things didn't work, how I was as a person, all of these things. And, you know, I liked your post because it started out so differently than what you thought it was going to be, because it says, does, does it look like my job is fun? And that was kind of the, the, the leading into it. And because it is, but I don't always feel this way. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely place. And that's, I think that's important to dive into as well, because you go back and look on, you know, your successes or your failures on the year past and you really start to evaluate again, you know, is this something that I, I can sustain my own, you know, mental clarity with, you know, yeah, maybe paying the bills, but is it worth my sanity as well? Um, so you had posted that one of the times that we were going to talk as well. And I said, this is, this is such a perfect place to kind of launch pad from because, to go into it a little bit further, you know, you had said that it, it just, it felt heavy in 2022, you know, being a lonely place. And again, this is kind of that perception of social media where, you know, I was with somebody who was just social media, social media, social media, make it look like you're busy, make it look like you're successful, no matter what you always have to put out that image. And I never subscribed to that. And, and I tried for a little while to be like, hey, look, I'm doing this shoot today. Hey, look, I'm doing this. Now I'm editing. I'm just go, go, go. Look at how successful and happy I am. Meanwhile, I'm like, that's <laughs> not, like, no, that's not actually, me. I'm like, really waiting for someone. I'm going to, yeah. Can, can I go work in an office again? Because that was better than this. It's so hard because we're told certain things like on how to be successful. And one of the things is, you know, subscribing to the hustle culture of like, no, you got to work hard to be happy and make your money. and like this is hard work. Like if you want to earn this amount, like you got to put in the work and you have to be busy no matter if you're not busy. Like that's such a lie. We are all fed that lie. So it's such a lie. Like I feel like if you can, again, like going back to building systems and yeah, that's going to be hard work. Not to say like you're going to be a millionaire. It's going to feel so easy, right? Like, You've made it. So you've already made your million. So it's so much more easy. There like, is no making have, it. 
<laughs> which is a whole other, uh, you know, perspective that I have. You don't get to a, a you know, you don't get to the summit yeah. and go, I'm done. No, no, it's a never ending climb. And you just start to understand how things work a little better. So it's, it's interesting, like you're saying, that hustle culture of, you know, work, work, work. But also, you know, I think there is a bit that comes with the fake it till you make it type of mentality. Yes, there's a ton of that. But I do believe in now that like just working that working and being authentically yourself is the most important. So why why pretend like what is the point of pretending? It burns me out and makes it just like doesn't feel good for me. And I do believe in like doing work that feels good. So if I am going to binge work on something, it better be fun. Like if I'm going to like spend hours building a new system to book more clients or like launch a sale, like this better be fun or else what am I doing? I'm just not living to my authentic self. So if I like launch some fun boudoir thing and it just feels kind of like, oh, okay, like I just got to get people in the door, like it's energetically not going to book me more clients. But if I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to love this. Like I could totally see how people are going to want to come in and do the shoe and they could do this with their shoe. And like, I'm already imagining all of these like fun things happening in the studio. Like that's when people are going to be like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like I want to do this with you. It's the whole experience. Yeah. Like we talked about, it's not just you show up, you get your pictures taken, you leave. It's the experience. It's the, it's the music that you listen to when it's happening. It's the smells that you have going on at the studio. It's the candles. It's the incense. It's whatever. It's all part of the experience that people will remember. Oh, my God. I want you to have a boudoir. <laughs> a doudoir. A, and a your doudoir is coming here. And oh, gosh. <laughs> we'll get someone to fancy up your beard. <laughs> it looks pretty fierce. So I don't know if you can fancy it up. It, it, so on the, on the heels of that, then, you know, what do you think you took most because I, I look at your posts and I don't want to make any assumptions, but no. what did you take the most from? It was a dark place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't. So I don't want to say it was like this dark, looming place. I just felt like everything was so hard. And a lot of that was because I made these goals for myself and did not know how to get there. Like I literally we talked about throwing spaghetti on a wall. This is probably my routine, like a lot of the times, because I always have all these fun ideas. And then when I don't execute them, I'm like. Oh, I suck subconsciously. I'm not saying that out loud, but subconsciously I'm like, what the heck? Here I go again, making all these goals that I didn't achieve. I'm not like you start thinking about your own worth and like, oh, this must not be for me because I set this goal again and I didn't get to it. And this must mean that I suck at what I do. And this must mean that like I literally start putting meaning behind not achieving my goals. And it like, and how did you combat that? You know, how did you at least in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, because it's easy to take inventory after the fact where, again, like I said, you know, at yeah. the beginning of the year, you go, OK, let's look back on the year and kind of take inventory. But in the moment, you know, with your self-awareness, how did you combat that? How did you come back from the negative self-talk mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it was that was kind of keeping you in that dark place? How do you go, OK, you know, for to sound corny, I guess this too shall pass type of situation, yeah. right? Where it's it's weird when you're so aware of your thoughts, right? But I feel like, and people have been like, you're so self-aware, like have told me and looked at me like this very self-aware person. But you can be aware that it's happening 
but also not allow yourself to feel it and move past it. So you just keep doing the same story over and over again. But outwardly, because you're known as the positive, happy person, you're like, I know I'm going to be fine, though. I know everything's going to be great. I know this is just what I'm feeling now. And that's all true. But it also didn't allow me to be like, okay, what are the steps I need to take to just move past it? Um, so, I mean, I don't really know the equation of how I <laughs> came out of it, but it was a lot of like journaling to even know what I was thinking, like free journaling to not allow myself to be like, but I'm really okay. But like, I literally had to be super, super honest with myself. Um, and then there was some Reiki going on, <laughs> like going to someone, um, to my friends for Reiki and there was some crying, you know, a lot of those yucky things. But now it's like my whole thing now is like, you have to sit in the yuck to get to the yum. Like you have to sit in. Yeah. You have to, you got to sit in your shit for a while. Gonna, not too long. <laughs> not too long, because then you start to stink. Yeah, so. exactly. These are all great phrases. <laughs> we, little we have so many great social media posts. That's another thing, too. Do you ever, um, do you ever start thinking, that is my dog drinking, by the way. <laughs> Willow was very parched We're, from her interview. Aaron and I are actually splashing in water. <laughs> right now. Rhea gave me a bowl of water to drink. This is great. We're just splashing. <laughs> This is so funny. Do I ever think about? Um, so do you ever think about, because you're an aware person too, like when you're in the mix of things and you're like, I got to work, da, 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 like you're just in this creation mode, like, oh, I'm going to post this and I'm going to post this. Like sometimes we live our lives banking things that we want to post. A hundred percent. It's so awful 100%. how much it has a hold of us. We're like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great post for later. But like just being aware of that, I'm like, this cannot determine my life. Like my I can't be I, I can't do this. <laughs> Willow, what do you want to talk about? It's like I want to be the center of attention. I don't know why you're not talking to me. <laughs> well, and I think because. You know, there's I've lived so much of my life mm -hmm. in whether it was doing weddings or this shoot. And I go, oh, this is going to be such a great thing to post. Mm -hmm. And looking at kind of the opposite side of that now. <laughs> this is not what I had in mind for the podcast. <laughs> it's all going to be in the background, too. Squeak, squeak, squeak. I can't. Well, I think seeing the other side of that, too, for instance, now being so outdoors and going hiking, you know, there's so many there's so much of me that goes this is a beautiful shot that I can't wait to post because now that I'm trying to transition into the outdoor lifestyle adventure space, there's part of it that does come with the job. But at the same time, when I look back on photos that I take, I go, I don't necessarily want to post this because it's, uh, for, you. it's for me. Yeah. And then there's also maybe a little bit of like, oh, it's not good enough. So <laughs> but, now you're like, now I have a standard in my art. So yeah. Yeah. It's so, so much to let go of, though. We have to let go of a lot. And detach ourselves from so much as artists. Like we have to detach ourselves from like, like just post it, just to post it instead of being like, well, if I post this, I'm attached to the fact that like I have grown as an artist. And if this doesn't show that, then I shouldn't post it. Yeah. Or, We've talked about that at length before too, where yeah. you said you need to just post more. Who cares how it's received? I also need to post more. We <laughs> all need to post more. if we. 
That's a story we're told, though. Well, you have to be active. You have yeah. to engage. You have to post every but day. Honestly, I also have to think about, like, what do I want out of posting this? And, like, what stories do I feel like are true and what's not true with posting? Like, do I really think posting every single day is going to make me a happy, thriving business owner? Or is that something I was told? It's a tough balance because you have to set the expectations, right? Okay, if I post this, what am I looking for? You know, uh, of course, I think the the general idea is, well, I want somebody to put eyeballs on it that's going to book me, that's going to hire me. That could take a hundred posts before that happens. It might not be that one photo. So I think that's where you kind of start to overthink. That's where I start to overthink things and go, well, nobody's booking me because of this. What's wrong with it? And it's just that whole, it's that's the whole true. I guess thing. it's wherever you want to be heard, right? Because as doing your own marketing, you have to remember that people have to see things over and over and over and over again before they even book. So that's the struggle with us is like, just in one single post, we overthink one single post. So we're actually not going <laughs> to get anywhere in social media if we overthink one post. The people that are like thriving on social media, I guess, just don't give a shit. They're just like, here it is. It's a nice place to be. I wonder. I know. We got to get there. I wonder if I'll ever get All there. All the social media marketing people, I hope they're listening to this. And they're like, we really got to contact yeah, let's, Aaron let's Rhea to just like take over their social let's have media. have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. You had mentioned journaling too. You know, is that something that my question, and I'm curious about, because you see a lot of things in that motivational space mm-hmm. that you and I talked about, all these motivational podcasts and books and snippets, you, you see a lot of uh, morning routines of Elon Musk or yeah. you know, all of these incredibly famous people. Like, this is yeah, what they the do. Like the 5 a.m. club. Yeah, like, if you do that, then you know what? You're going to be the next. <laughs> and I, I, never, I don't know if it's impl- I think it's implied. Like, here's their routine. Well, I think so. that it... I think I do believe in good habits in order for you to be like the best version of yourself because no one that's like super successful and making all the money that like I desire to make are going to have the habits of like someone that doesn't care. Right. So like in order for me to be in the energy of this person that's going to get shit done, like I can't just roll out of bed, put my hair in a bun and wear my robe all day, even though that does feel really good. Um, and sometimes I do do that. I allow myself to have those days when I need to. I allow myself plenty of those days when I had my dark You have to. It's like, no, I'm going to cry and I'm going to be in my robe and I'm not going to take care of my body. I'm going to eat crap and it's going to feel good because this is just where I need to be. Um, but I do believe in habits that are helping me become more self-aware and therefore like helping me take action. Do you want to share some of those? You yes. had mentioned journaling. My how how morning? How much does journaling <laughs> find you do? How much does journaling find itself in your life? Um is it something that you do often because my yes. downfall for instance is only doing it when I feel low. I don't I necessarily used to do, do that. it when I so feel low. So my good. journals, I was laughing at this with a friend. I'm like when I used to journal, it was like angry journaling, emotional journaling. I just needed to write it out and let it flow. And like I could look back at my journals and there's just like just the angry version of myself. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> like, a lot to take on. This is why I'm mad. This is why I'm upset. Um, but it's different now. I do like to journal and with like 
a tarot card or oracle card just to like spark some reflection um or i'll just like free write just because like i was talking to you about fear inventories like what am i really afraid of and is it even true and most of our fears are just made up in our head and then we just kind of sit in the shit for a really long time and we don't redirect our thoughts right away so like actually writing those things down and like literally putting a nice pretty arrow <laughs> and being like that's not true this is true like or actually i could feel this way um that's been super helpful to like just become more aware of what's doing in my head otherwise it does kind of just go crazy and take a whole new life of its own if i'm not getting it all out and redirecting it and like you had mentioned too being so self-aware and being mindful of these moments is a is a gift and a curse because i i too consider myself to be somebody who's very self-aware because i i, I like to point out when others aren't self-aware so like they just have no awareness yeah. they don't even know what's going on 100 <laughs> percent. yep yep so you know, it, it's always interesting to take inventory through a journal that way, through the good and the bad. And, you know, it's one thing to journal, but it's it's more, well, not, I shouldn't say more important, but it's also important to reflect on that. So every once in a while, I'll open my journal and look back from an entry a year, two, three years ago and go, wow, I was, I was angry. I was depressed. I was sad. I was all of these things. When am I going to put a happy journal entry? And so one of these things, I have a, a, a book of, uh, it's called The Daily Stoic, and it's all entries. That's great. Do you have that book? Have you ever read that book? My husband has it. I do read it sometimes. I love that book. It's great. It's a daily reader, and I don't do it every yeah. single day, but I go to it often. And I, I, It's I, a good one. I specifically remember, I said, you know what, this was a great entry. It resonated with me today. I'm going to write just a note. And I wrote a note on a little piece of paper, and I stuck it in the book didn't go to that book for a while, maybe a year or so. And I opened the book and I found that little note and it was a, it was a positive note. It was a happy note. So I go, okay, this is good because now I can take inventory of that time, reflect on it right now. And it's not all just negative being like, my job sucks. My relationships are terrible. I hate this and that. Yeah. So it was nice to have that. So I think being able to journal happy things to good yes. things. Yes because gratitude is so important but like that's another technique i've used for journaling too is just like write down three things like so mundane almost but three things that you're grateful for well, they, but it does help it's scientifically proven that a gratitude journal will help you live a happier life just your overall feeling of happiness and overall gratitude for everything it they've proven or write it. down your accomplishments like what are you i'll often do that too just like what am I really proud of myself for? Like, and literally just make a list because it puts you in the belief system that like, oh, look at everything I accomplished instead of me last year thinking of everything I didn't accomplish that I wanted to accomplish. Like I literally was just sitting in it being like, I didn't get achieve my goal. This is where I wanted to be. Like, this is so hard to get to my goal. And again, like, I can't do it alone. I do need help. Like as an entrepreneur, we get it in our heads that like, we're just going to do this by ourselves because that's what we've been doing for years and years and years. But like getting into coaching programs and like networking with other humans that, you know, have reached their goals has helped me tremendously. It's hard to pick a point where I want to kind of pivot because you had mentioned tarot. Um, you had mentioned Reiki. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how that found itself in your life and, and how... Found itself in my life on its own. <laughs> it just, it just 
happened. It just happened. Flew over the to radio my voice house. is coming out now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's something that I see from afar mm-hmm. on your socials. Just give me a little bit of an overview of what it is, what it is for you more specifically, yeah. not just, you know, telling the, the normal person. What is it for you? What does it do for you? I feel like it is. Well, it came to me, I think, just through friends. Like I had friends that would, yeah, would give me a reading or and it was just always interesting to me. I had a few readings done where things just clicked. So when I started just like picking up my own cards, they really helped me reflect on where I am in life, where I wanted to go. And again, it's not like they're telling the future. Not the crystal ball we were taught when no. we were younger. There goes that idea. I know. But it kind of is a crystal ball. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good reflection point. It's going to pinpoint like something in your life where you it asks a question and you take a good look inside and you're like, oh, I haven't asked myself that yet. Um, and it's good to answer those deep questions on things like, what do you feel you are most in like silly things? What do you feel you're most inspired by? Or like when I get like a death card in tarot, I'm like, oh my God, somebody's oh, no. gonna die. It's not that at all. It's like, what do you want to die off in your life? Like, what do you want to shed? What do you want to let go of? Um, so it's really looking at like the dark, creepy things and like a very um and like a nice reflective way where you can like move past things like again getting rid of the yuck so it's it's shadow work right where you're you're i love that term (laughs) people are gonna be like who is this witch (laughs) (laughs) um the witch well it's a mindfulness practice it's shadow work which is a whole separate entity in and of itself i think it's so important yeah yeah yeah. and do you do that for other people or is it no do i no I'm like, do I? <laughs> Let no. me think. I'm just no. curious too, because I, I was curious if it was almost uh, something that's helping you by proxy, almost where you can provide that to somebody else, and then in turn, you're 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 helping yourself through whatever yuck that might you might be in. So I was curious. I mean, I'm not helping people in like a. I don't have like thing or ritual that I do to help people shadow work, but I think what I do for boudoir is more based on like coming out of the shadows and coming into the light and really expressing that so i do have friends that specifically do shadow work um but i think i'm known for this label another label yeah this like sparkly fun person that's like lighting you up through a photo shoot so I mean, to get there, though, you have to walk in the shadows a little bit, right? So a lot of my clients have been there, and they're, like, ready to celebrate them in this fun, lit-up way. And that would be a good transition to then ask to go over a little bit about now, you had mentioned it before, about doing this empowerment session or uh, becoming... Would you call yourself a coach, empowerment coach? What would you, if we had to put a label? I do have to put a label, don't I? No, I would say that I have to coach my clients into actually getting out of their comfort zone. And I think the hardest part is just showing up or even booking. 
they have to be like and it's a big deal to just even book and be like oh i'm gonna do this big thing for myself and have this day for myself and they have to let go of the fact that like they're gonna be in a very uncomfortable situation right (laughs) like for themselves they're getting over like going over um breaking through their comfort zones and a lot of them aren't comfortable like being in the nude with their body but for some reason i don't know what happens some magical thing everyone's super comfortable in my studio they're like why am i so comfortable walking around with no clothes on um and i think it's just the fact that they've worked themselves up to this point where they're like no i'm going to accept this this is is what it is and i'm finally going to love what i see and i'm finally just ready to see it so let's just do the thing like i've been waiting for this and i have faith that i'm going to love my photos so let's just do it and i i I love all of that i think it's it's so important for for so many reasons for for i don't even know where to start with that I don't know. I might have like a nudist camp when I'm older. <laughs> I'm just okay, so you're just gonna start a nudist colony in the middle of the woods. Naked? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, 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 what, no, is that, what is that movie? That's not uh, my goal. Sorry, that movie Wanderlust, I, I think. Yes. <laughs> that's a fantastic be movie. Cult leadership. Yeah. At its finest. Uh, no, I'm I'm going. Uh, so, <laughs> how did how did how did then you transition from weddings where you said, okay, you know what? At least on your own. I know we talked about this again a little bit offline, but you're not actively booking clients for yourself for weddings you kind of just left that behind yeah. you're going to shoot for other people that's a whole different scenario but how did you go i'm focusing all my attention on boudoir and empowerment so because i was always doing boudoir like since 2011 but i would run them as mini sessions and then all of a sudden i'm like learning how transformational it is for women and just hearing and seeing like how much they love themselves after this and like how grateful they are after a photo session. I just knew I needed more of it. And the funny thing is I loved servicing people in this way, but it literally was a mirror to me being like, wait a minute, why don't I feel this way? Like why I'm over here being everyone's cheerleader, but like, am I even doing that for myself? Absolutely not. So it was, I feel like in our field, at least when you're in, a creative entrepreneur, like whatever you're giving to your clients is literally a direct reflection of if you're getting that in return for yourself. It is so crazy. It's our businesses are a legit mirror being like, okay, you're trying to make everyone else happy with your artwork, but are you even happy? Like, do you even have that love that they portray? Like, and that's what it was for me. It's like, oh, here I am. These women feel amazing about what they've overcome and just in life in general and they're ready to see themselves and rewrite their story and show up in the world more confidently and in their power but am i doing that for myself like am i feeling empowered am i showing up for them as my best self as my most empowered self like is this just a facade am i just like yeah you can do it but i'm like i feel like shit do so. you, did you feel when you really started to really roll into this then with a lot of your studio work and really kind of putting weddings behind, how were you feeling after some of these, I don't want to say first sessions because you've been doing them actively, but you know. They kind of were first sessions. Once I had base studio, it was like a whole nother ball game because I was offering sessions that were full days for my clients. And 
for any human, it is so hard for us to just take a day to be with ourselves. Mind you, they're with like myself and a hair and makeup artist, but it really is just a time to be with themselves. Like they're sitting down, which and getting their hair and makeup done and talking about their lives. Um, and we have the best conversations in the studio, like talk about vulnerable conversations. Like I hear so much from these women. They tell me a lot of their fears and shames just growing up or just in their lives now. And they're, they literally are working past all of it. So they're also brave for just even stepping in the door being like, I'm going to do this for myself because like they're wise for doing this or some of them are unbelievable. And they're like, really deep stories and that's when I feel like the most gratitude for and honored for what I do because I'm like I'm not worthy of hearing this all of this like I can't believe that you went through all this and this is where you are now and you're just being this badass confident woman and you're ready to just move it past you and just celebrate how did you feel after these beginning ones you know how did you leave your studio how was that drive home for you upon these first sessions where you, you know, you had mentioned pretty much gratifying. cloud nine. Yeah. I'm just like, how, because it's always so deep, even though it's not deep, it's like such a fun, exciting, powerful day, but a reflection of all the crap that they went through in the past. So it's always just like cloud nine. Like, was this even my job? Like, does this work? There must be a lot of conflicting emotions yeah. of of humility, mm-hmm. of gratitude, of the self-reflection as well. Yeah. So that's why I ask, because when I ask about, you know, doing Reiki for others and kind of getting something by proxy, I have to imagine that you're experiencing some of that as well. Yeah. And then no, that's very true. Being able to kind of dig into that self-awareness of, OK, I made this woman feel incredible today because she was able to release. How do you then kind of make it? reflect on you of how do I do that now? It's not necessarily in the same way, but does that open your eyes to making sure that you're more aware of, of your feelings? Yeah. So I definitely, I think that since like 2021, 2021, no, probably the great pause of 2020. (laughs) The great pause. (laughs) When we all sat in our own crap, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I was still doing boudoir. Like those were super powerful because we were, it was the pandemic and people were like leaving their house to be like, I want to feel good about myself. I've like nurses were coming out and having photo shoots done and it was just incredible. Or just people that have been really stewing in some like very dark things from the pandemic were like coming out to be like, no, I want to, this is who I am and this is what we've gone through. Like, let's celebrate me. Like, let's redirect this to how we can celebrate ourselves, not be so afraid of everything going on. But I think that when I would leave and um, sometimes I had the problem of like carrying some of their dark stories with me and I almost felt like really unworthy to hear them. I'm like, why would you choose me to do this? And like, I'm not worthy of hearing these emotional stories. Like I haven't gone through this. Am I even worthy of photographing you? But that's when I learned from different coaches and therapists, too, that being trauma informed is actually like a really good thing for people that have experienced trauma because I'm not putting any of my past trauma on them being like, especially because I'm not a therapist. Like what I do, I do believe is phototherapy, but I'm not a therapist ready to diagnose people with 
all these different things but it's very it's a very therapeutic process but um i'm not putting my trauma on them being like oh i know exactly how you feel i went through this when i was younger or i did this and um so i wasn't doing any of that which i think was helping them because they were coming to me like to just have fun and have these beautiful photos of themselves it allowed them to release yeah. without you having to add to it, like what you said of, oh, me too. Oh, I've yeah. gone through this. It, it, nobody wants to have a trauma bond necessarily. No. You know, they're good, they're Good point. It was not trauma bonding. <laughs> well, yeah. It, and it's got to be hard we for you. We can trauma bond with our photography. <laughs> <laughs> this client, let me tell you, they screenshotted all their images and posted them with a filter. So it, it, yeah, it's interesting too, because you, you're in that situation, but you don't want to just go, Mm-hmm. How yeah, did that make I almost you feel? did not know what to say to them. I would just like read their letters to me and on how it changed their life, um, which was so. It was that has to be wild. It, it was wild to like get letters on like thank you so much for this experience and here's what I went through and thank you so much for helping me see that this is not who I am now and like rewriting their story because they're again tying these emotions to an image and again like photos really do help you rewrite a story and they hold a lot of emotion well hopefully they get to reframe yeah what they went through like you said rewrite their story so kind of reframe how they look at it because something and reframe like that, the way they look at themselves because a lot of people just come in to maybe it's they are doing this for a partner or maybe it's do, they're doing it because they lost weight or maybe they're doing it because they gained weight something happened with their bodies where they're like, okay, I'm ready to accept and love myself. And I want some badass photos to like, see that I am beautiful because all their lives they've been, you know, told a certain, they've been told that beauty is a certain way and now they're ready to release that. So it's a lot of like, it's a lot of everything with body image and just trauma that we store in our bodies. So did you, come out of that first session then or maybe the first time that somebody really laid it on you and ever second guess or maybe reconsider it and i don't want to make that sound like a negative no. thing but almost like i'm not worthy wow yeah like yeah. i'm oh my gosh i don't know if i can continue to do this because this is a lot and and i'm not a therapist so there's a lot of so i not the first session at all like i think when it was when it was happening and I was carrying that with me, telling myself I'm not worthy of hearing the story, that's when I'm like, well, a couple of my friends are like, you should really just get like Reiki certified and learn how to redirect your energy, learn how to protect your energy. And um, it really did help because I think I would just carry some of that weight with me and carry it around like, I'm not worthy of hearing this. I'm not worthy of doing what I do because um, this is really deep and I can't help them anymore. Like I can't, I didn't realize that I was helping them through it with the photos and that's all I was expected to do. I literally put it on myself that like, I need, I don't know what to say when they tell me these things. Therefore I'm not worthy of doing this. It was a story I made up in my head. Well, it's interesting from a, an, an outsider's perspective like mine, because I think, you know, People want to look at the the possibilities. I look at two things too far in the future rather than just doing it right now. And the things that maybe arise in my own thoughts are, well, what happens when somebody unloads all this trauma on you and they are only looking for photos, but, you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're going, 
they're going to message me all the time. They might no, go they... through a situation where they're like, Rhea. I literally am so proud of them, but they don't message me all the time. Um, <laughs> maybe I've just been really good at boundaries. I don't know, but I can see how that could happen. And I feel like I've been in Facebook groups where photographers may have said that it hasn't stopped, but like literally just telling them that like reiterating the session and its purpose, I feel like is such a great boundary for them because I can't help them any further than that. Um, I have had people like come to me with a lot of their body image issues um, even before they book. And luckily I have surrounded myself with like these amazing humans that can help with that. And I don't feel like it's just my job. But like recommending them to an amazing therapist that is awesome with body image or recommending them to a friend that um, helps you heal your body image through movement, like all of those things or my friends that do Reiki, like move that energy out of you. Just recommending them to other people, too, that can also help them has been awesome for me because, again, it puts me out of this mindset of like, oh, I can't help them. There's nothing I can do. How do I help them? It's my job to help them. And it puts me back into the place of like, we have an amazing community of people that can help every person. So I don't have to do it alone. That's important. And I think for somebody like myself who has gone at this so solo, because what you had mentioned earlier about, you know, you think you're an entrepreneur or sorry, you're an entrepreneur, but you think you have to do things alone. And and I don't know why I think that's it's probably the way that I was raised and the way that I had to go through things. It's also our ego being like, no, I'll do it myself. Well, you know, I think it, <laughs> and, and, and certainly this can be a conversation for offline, but having to essentially at 17 years old learn to survive however I could just taught me that like you have to do things on your own. You have to do things for yourself because nobody's going to help you. So I think I'm still trying to break out of that so many years later that I've never really surrounded myself with this community where I'm like, I'll just do it by myself if I want things to get done. And that's kind of honestly, become... it will save you. Like you do need to surround yourself. It's so important because like, it's awesome that we can do all these things by ourselves and you should pride yourself on like building everything you've built by yourself. But I think the big switch for me when I was feeling low was like having a friend sit in front of me and be like, you are so negative right now. You don't even know it because you're so you're like masking it with positivity. And I had no idea I was doing it. So even in my journal, I'm like, I'm sad, but da, 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 da. and having friends call me out was awesome. And then having them be like, this is what you can do. Look at everything you can do to change your situation and having them like feed me ways. Like I literally thought I was at a dead end. I'm like, nope, this is going nowhere. Like I, I think that this is it. Um, but literally having them like feed me ideas like, no, this isn't it. Do you have like opened me up to the endless possibilities that I was shutting down on my brain? It was so helpful. And then meeting another friend that has a super successful boudoir studio. And she's like, Rhea, I've been here too. Like, you don't have to feel like you're in a quit. Like I've almost quit a million times too, but we, we don't have to, like, this is what you can do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for reminding me that I'm just stewing in my own shit, yeah. thinking that nothing else is possible. That's, yeah, right? that's important. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that yeah. is because there is typically a lot of ego that comes behind it where mm -hmm. 
this is my business. It's just me. It's only me. And I need to make sure it either yes. survives or dies but by there's me. There's so many great entrepreneurs that want to see other people thrive. And it's just a matter of like surrounding yourself with them because they honestly like I'm like floored by the amount of people that in the past would have been like, I'm not sharing that information with them. They're my competition. Even mm. though we're like community over community competition. Over competition. There it is. No, but literally when you finally put yourself and they call it the abundance mindset, but like when you're there and you go, there is absolutely no harm in me um, teaching people my ideas because there is enough to go around for everyone. Then it's a complete game changer. Like if you're in a scarcity mindset and I've like, lost photographer friendships over this where they're like i can't believe you shot in the same field as me that was my oh field my gosh. even though it's not my field that was wrong you should just no, know yeah um so and i literally remember wanting to call this photographer but like at that point because i shot in her field she was like no we're not talking ever like completely shut the door and i was i remember calling her being like this is what i'm going to say like you do not have to think i'm your competition you are an amazing artist. I want you to know that no matter who shoots in that field, like you are going to make it. Everyone hires you for you. This should not be like scare you at all. Like I am doing my own thing and so are you. And I just wanted her to like feel okay with herself. And she was already like, just like, I'm like, oh, there's nothing I can do with that mindset. And that was a part of my people pleasing journey where I'm like, I want everybody to like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you get past that, you go, like I don't care who doesn't like now me. Now I'm just like, okay, your mindset's not there. Like, but there's so many awesome entrepreneurs that are like, no, I want to see you thrive too. Like, here's what I do for marketing. Here's what I do to take the load off of me. Here's what I do to make lots of money in one month. Like there's so many great people to network with that just want to help everyone succeed. It's awesome. I think that's a good takeaway from this too. You know, there was, there was a question that I had where if you could offer advice to business owners, whether photographers or not, I think, would you say community? Yes. hundred percent community. That's awesome. Uh, because I, I just, again, I think from my own perspective of, of hearing that, it's tough because I, there's so many times where I just go at it alone. I go, oh, you know what? I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out of this mess. So every once in a while, you and I will you have that. You do have to get yourself out of the mess, but like take advice. Like, cause people also have been in that mess before too. And we just have no idea because we just think it's just our world and no one else's. Like everyone I talk to has been in this mess. And what I think really helped me open my eyes to like, everyone's been in a mess is doing boudoir. Cause again, it's a very intimate photo shoot where they're talking about everything that they've been through. And like the stories that I hear are unbelievable on how these women have like come out from the ashes and are just killing it in life. Like they're just like, I mean, we're all going to have ups and downs, but for them to go through what they've been through and really live this fulfilled life afterwards is amazing to me. And that really opened my eyes to like, everyone's just here to help like no one's doing it completely on like you don't have to feel alone and you don't have to feel heavy we are going to feel that way regardless like we're never just going to have ultimate happiness for the rest of our lives it's completely impossible <laughs> but when we're feeling down like what are we going to do are we just going to sit in it for a long time or are we going to get the help that we need 
and my ego is completely let go of like i'm gonna do this and figure it out on my own i'm like help me please <laughs> and that's tough that's tough to get through it is it's so tough to hard, feel vulnerable and ask for also, help also i was like binge searching help i'm like do i need a therapist do i need a business coach do i need a new networking yes, community yes, maybe yes. i need them all yeah <laughs> so. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. No. We're already at a uh, quarter of 11 here. Oh my God, that was so fun. So yeah, I think um, uh, if you could send one message to everybody in the world mm-hmm. oh boy. all at once, what do you think that would be? Berate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's so many messages. I would say to make it relatable to what I do. Um, I think my message would just be that you can, I think connecting with yourself is like the utmost of importance to not only have self-awareness, but to just find ways in your life that you can have a relationship with your own self. Not only is it going to like bring you more clarity and awareness for your thoughts and what you're doing, but like when you have a stronger relationship with yourself, you can bond with so many others in like this beautiful way. And I think a lot of us like to disconnect with ourselves to hustle around and do all the things we're taught to do. Um, but truly, like, I feel like the most loving humans have the best relationships with themselves. That's a great thing to leave on. I think uh, too often self-love self-love is just something that people forget. (laughs) So I I think that's a great way to exit out of this. So I just want to thank you for your time. It's it's been uh, such a great journey. Uh, You know, my own curiosity is is what led to this. You know, there's no questions that I send you before. So you can prepare. This is what I'm going to ask. What are you going to talk about? It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. I was going to have a conversation with, uh, well, I'm still going to have a conversation with somebody that's my best friend. And I, I, what are we going to talk about? I said, we don't need to have an agenda because we just talk and we can talk about anything yeah. and we can talk about everything and we can talk and about you really nothing. really get to see someone's true personality because there's like no rehearsal. Yeah. So everyone gets to see like the ADHD, the willow, the willow, the <laughs> real life. Yeah. It's real life. I didn't want it to be scripted. So that's awesome. Thank you for taking your morning to, Thank to talk you with for me. asking me to do this. Absolutely. And coming in here and setting up this amazing set. This is, heck get up here so i'm impressed i'll let you get to your calls so thank Thank you again ria gotta get coached